Hey guys, this is Chargers running back Joshua Kelly, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Much love. Aight. Here's what's coming up this week on the Charged Up Bolts podcast. I'm going to record the first sack against Joe Burrow. Nil nil, I'm calling it. Uh, An angry door, uh, a running coat machine. It's time for football to do the talking. Love it. Hello and welcome to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Bermudez, and it is week one of the regular season. Can you tell how excited I am? This podcast, as always, will bring you the latest Chargers news. We're going to preview tonight and review every game this season and bring you some of the hottest takes around. I'm joined by my three amigos yet again, Mr. Sweet the Chiefs himself, John Woz Jr. I give you the touchdown, Chargers! That's how I'm feeling. I am absolutely fired up. Good evening, nice. boys. How are we all doing? Yes, lad. Let's get hyped. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, we've also joined by Mr. Costa Coffee, John Ayres. Wonderful to be here. Wonderful to finally be getting some live NFL action. Oh, cannot wait. <sighs> it's nearly here. Go Texans! And... <laughs> I'm with you on that one. And last but not least, Dan Dan, the Hollywood man, King. How are you, Good my friend? evening. I'm good. I'm excited. Let's get going. Mate, it's week one. We're here. We've waited so long. We've all been in lockdown. Someone got hungry in China, ate a bat. We haven't been out for months. What's going on? <laughs> and, now, and now we are here. Week one. Um, tonight, as we record, we've got Texans Chiefs. As you've said, go Texans. Chargers Bengals is in week one. We're going to give you the review to end all reviews. But we're going to start off, as always, with the weekly Chargers news. So, guys, this week, another signing. So, one of our big guys has got his money. He's been paid. He's the second highest paid uh, wide receiver in the entire football league. Keenan Allen put it up four years. $80 million with $50 million guaranteed. Does he deserve it or is he overpaid? Oh, absolutely deserves it. Yep, it was the right move by uh, Tom Telesco to tie him in and uh, keep him with a franchise. Best route runner in football. Nothing more to say? Um, I do have to make a quick correction there. I believe he is the third highest paid receiver because shortly after Keenan Allen signed his deal, DeAndre Hopkins signed his extension and new deal with the Arizona Cardinals, making him one of the top paid players uh, in the league in general, not uh, as a non-quarterback, I should say. So um, regardless, Keenan deserved every single penny. I mean, yeah, I know, I know I've had conversations in, in the preseason saying, hey, you know, we had a lot of guys to resign. You always got to worry about that mythical cap which may or may not exist. Who knows? Um, the way some of these teams sign guys, I don't know if this cap really does exist or not. Um, and I was thinking, you know, he probably does deserve $20 million a year, but, I mean, the team really should try to get him down to 17 I mean, make it a much more palatable number. we still got Mike Williams we've got to consider signing. we still got Hunter Henry we've got to consider signing. You know, are we bringing back Mike Pouncey or are we moving on from him at center? I mean, there's just a lot of... A lot of guys, a lot of question marks. Melvin Ingram as well. I know he restructured his deal, but that was only for this year. You know, are we bringing him back? I mean, I would like to. I think having maybe bringing him back for a couple of years, you know, two two to three more years of Bosa and Ingram would be a devastating one-two punch along the outside. So, I mean, there's a lot of guys to sign, but honestly, 
if you're ranking the players that needed to be re-signed, especially if you're bringing in a young quarterback, having a guy with elite route running skills who can basically be open on every single play, I mean, it it kind of felt like a no-brainer. If we had a left tackle to overpay, that would have been the first person I would have overpaid. Uh, but since we don't have one, uh, Keenan Allen is definitely the, the next best thing for a young quarterback to have. Oh yeah, I, I completely agree. It's it's he's it's a hundred percent worthwhile. Um, I mean, as you said, just look at what Tyrod said. Like he doesn't believe anyone can cover Allen one on one. And then I, I started looking at it from a kind of stats and yards perspective. He has averaged a game, uh, averaged seventy three yards per game since entering the league. Now, if he was to have played sixteen games every season, that's over eleven hundred and fifty yards a season. And he's not missed a game in three full seasons. I mean, he's he's kind of dragging us along with those 50, uh, 11.50 yards per season. And that's not something you can just afford to pass up on. I know we passed it around a bit more last year and had um, Mike Williams and Austin Eckler both around that thousand yard mark. But it, it was the right thing to do to keep Keenan. You know, and I think if there's one issue that I think we get talk about a lot... Um, it's probably the touchdown production. I mean, he's never been a big touchdown guy. I think he's averaged six touchdowns over the last two or three seasons. Uh, but you know what? We've got plenty of guys who can score, so I'm not too worried about that number. I think, to your point, the receptions, the yards, uh, the dependability, that, to me, is the number one reason why he got his money. And let's not also forget, he likes to block, and you don't play for Coach Lynn unless you block. <laughs> True. The, the, the thing about Keenan, though, is that you watch him, what is going on with his shoulder? Was that an injury he sustained with us? Is that is that natural? If, I don't know if we should be paying a man with whose uh, clavicle looks like it's going to catch the ball ahead of him. But uh, you know what? He deserves his he deserves his paycheck. He's um, He's been our main man. Didn't, Long may it continue. Didn't he have a, a really rough upbringing as well as a child? Um, I'm sure I read something. He, he basically, I think he and his mother, when he was an infant, were, were basically homeless. So on, on a personal point, it's a great story that he's managed to make it in the NFL and uh, that he's been rewarded handsomely. Well, let's let's raise a glass to his big deal because I was an idiot and completely forgot to do the drink section. Um, so to, your, to our listeners, I apologise, but I raise a glass to uh, everyone listening in honour of Keenan's big cash payout. Uh, what are we drinking, guys? You're not going to believe it. I am not drinking water. <laughs> Stop it, it's game week. I've had a, I've had a chaser. So a cup of tea followed by a tastefully light San Pellegrino Italian sparkling drink, Limonata. Oh, I do like a San Pellegrino. I, will, I won't lie to you. Yes, but in fairness, those uh, sparkling flavoured ones aren't exactly San Pellegrino. They're, they're some sort of, I don't know, bastard off child of that. I don't want to... <laughs> I can't endorse that. I like a plain, traditional... Pellegrino. So, um, I am, you know, in honor of game week, I am drinking a nice coffee. I don't know. I, I had nothing special to do. I just, you know, I guess <laughs> I got to drink my coffee. I probably have about four or five cups a day of coffee, which is probably not healthy, but you know, less <clears throat> calories than eating. So <laughs> on, on brand mate, on brand. <laughs> I've gone for a white claw again, some nice hard seltzer. This one is um, black cherry flavored, or as I can only think of it as, whoa, black cherry bamalam flavored. <laughs> that sounds 
delightful, delightful. Um, I've gone traditional. I have a lucky drink. In game week, I raise a, a strongbow dart fruit. I don't know if you have those in the States. Screw you, cider wins uh, over beer every time. Um, and that is uh, that is my lucky drink. And uh, I hope it brings the Chargers luck this Sunday. Um, so, yeah, raise a glass, gentlemen. So, to the season as well that we got here. And we're still here. It's mental. And, uh, you know, everything hasn't closed down because of, of COVID. So, um, long may it continue. Um, let's get back on topic and talk about the injury reports. Um, they've been released, uh, developing every day. So... The Chargers um, have two players that are uh, not practicing. That's Mike Williams and Mike Pouncey. Center, uh, center Mike Pouncey, uh, wide receiver Mike Williams. I'm concerned. Um, I'm not certain either are going to start. Uh, what do we reckon? Are they going to be on the field? Game time decision for Mike Williams. It's been said. Very little information about Pouncey. Um, are we going to see him on Sunday? I don't think we'll see Mike Williams. Uh, if, if they're 50-50 about him, it's a long season. We're going to need him um, to add depth at that receiver core. Um, as for Mike Pounce, there's something not quite right there. I'm not. I'm not concerned that they've got to the bottom of of his uh, of his of his you know injury. Um, and again, it's a long season, so there's no point in rushing people in just for the sake of it. But I don't think we'll see them. I think they'll be still on the sidelines looking on with a view to start in in week two at home well i agree on mike williams for sure i just don't i think it's just a bunch of coach speak you know little gamemanship you know given given the Bengals something to think about of you know hey are we gonna have to cover mike williams you know how are we gonna scheme for that um but i i don't have much confidence that williams is gonna make it out there for week one i mean i actually don't think he's gonna make it out there for week two potentially uh, we'll have to see how how he progresses but i just think that injury they're gonna let him nurse it uh as far as pouncey goes i'm back and forth on this i mean obviously his main concern has been that neck um you know and this is a hip injury so you know i mean it, it's hard to say you know you can have a gippy hip and get drafted in the first round of the nfl draft so you know who knows with hip injuries <laughs> um but I, I think that he does play. I think he's been itching to get back into that lineup. And unless it's a serious hip thing, uh, I think they just give him one of those, you know, magical quarter zone shots and just get him out there. So, uh, although I will say Feeney should probably be um, ready to go as backup center um, just in case, because, you know, who knows if, if he aggravates it in the game, what's going to happen. So, um, you know, we'll see. Hopefully we don't have to shuffle that offensive line already. You know, before the end of week one, but you know, it's just going to be something to monitor at game time. So you mentioned Feeney there, but you're missing the more important player, and that's Scootsy Q. Scott Questenberry as well. Scott so Questenberry. He, he's there to step in if needed. I I don't think we'll see either of them this week. Um, right now, I'm I'm not overly concerned with um, Pouncey. I think he he played what five games last year, or was it was it more than that? So we we made it through with a below average o-line we're going to have a below average o-line probably anyway um is it going to be that much worse <laughs> uh I, i'm more concerned with mike williams missing time just because there's that lack of experience behind him and keenan allen and mike williams is only young himself but past him you're looking at guys with not a lot of years um if any in the league i mean you've got what um kg hill and joe reed being the two drafted rookies and then Jason Moore and Jalen Guyton. It's it's Guyton. Yeah, no 
We still <laughs> have there's, no there's not the jury's out there. on that. He's just a guy. Yeah. That's all you need to know about. He's the guy. G-Money. Well, the, the thing for me is I'm going to answer this question with a uh, fantasy bit of advice for any last-minute drafters or setting your lineup or or your best ball players. Um, number one, I don't think we're going to see Pouncey for a long time. I, I think he's on the way out. I think they've kept him as experience good around the locker room and may be fit in an emergency later in the season, hopefully for the playoffs. Um, I think we're going to go Feeney over Scootsy Q. Um, I'm hoping to see Lampert at left guard. So I think they're going to reshuffle, but it's actually going to be a permanent adjustment um, for the most part uh, to our line. Um, with Scott, with bloody Sam Tevy at left tackle, please, what have I done to deserve that? Anyway, um, but at wide receiver, I don't think Mike Williams is going to suit up. I have drafted him really late in deep leagues for later in the season because I think he he dropped in value um, simply because he's going to miss some time. But this week, we're going to see Keenan as a monster, Hunter Henry. But we're going to see the new guys that we've all been mentioning. And in particular, I really like Joe Reed. Um, I think Joe Reed, even KJ Hill who I know is getting a bit more love, but I, I, I like the Joe Reed connection, are going to see time on the field. They're going to make the most of it. And they're going to put the argument out that they should be starting as the third wide receiver once Mike Williams is back. Really excited about the opportunities. I'm not too concerned. The Bengals are probably not the team to be too sad about missing at this stage. But I don't think either suit up on Sunday. And just a note to that, and again, these generally don't mean anything because teams are forced to put out these depth charts, but um, Feeney is listed as the backup center with Questenberry, um, the third string point, uh, center. So, I mean, if if, if uh, Pouncey can't play, I do believe that Feeney is going to end up um, taking over center, and then I think they do rotate Lamp in there at left guard. So just, just again, these depth charts mean nothing. You know, someone pointed out on Twitter that oftentimes the teams don't even worry about these depth charts and they have their PR people put them out because they have to put them out, right? Like, so I... Yeah. I the work work experience kid, would you mind just uh, just having yeah, a guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah this, should, exactly. this should be right. Yeah, you want to change something around, go do it, you know, so... And you know the, you know the bolts have been preparing for week one without Pouncey anyway. The, the, they've, they've looked at this. They've looked at all the permutations. As John, John says there, the rotation, uh, that next man step, uh, step up mentality, so... We'll just see how that goes. Yeah, you've got to be ready to go. And if we're going to be a team that's going to make a run, what's interesting is, you know, we think we're, 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 every podcast we've done so far, we're positive about our own team. Um, I don't think there's a lot of talk about us out there. Nowhere I see there's that many people pushing the bolts as a, a legitimate contender. If we're going to be a legitimate contender, the wide receivers behind Mike Williams need to step up. The line needs to be able to cope without Mike Pouncey. So, you know what? Let's see how we do. Really excited. Um, but, guys, to you, the listeners, you've been you've been in touch. It's been amazing. You've been all over Twitter, um, both interacting with um, at charged up uh, at charged up bolt and at charged up pod accounts. So, thank you. So, what, guys? I'm going to do is I'm going to. Um, go through just briefly what Twitter our listeners think the result of the game is going to be and the score and I, I, I want to sort of gauge your feeling for uh, if you agree with uh, the hive mind because we've got a few uh, hundred votes in total so first things first Twitter uh, followers we uh, have voted 
and 41.5% think the Chargers are going to win in a close game, um, leaning leaning our way. Is that how you guys feel? Do you agree with Do you agree with uh, our wonderful listeners? Do you say 45% in our favour? 41% think we're going to win by a close game, uh, but 32% think we'll win big. So that's 73.8% think we're going to win. We're going to win. I'm not going to sit here and say we're going to win big. Um, I think we've got the tools to win, but at least a score. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a coin toss for most of these teams that are running out onto the field for the first time. Um, I think the NFL Network made a good point last week. A couple of GMs and head coaches have come out and said we look good, but we really don't know. We've we've not had any. Uh, scrimmages with with another team we've had no pre-season we can only see what we're we're seeing in front of our eyes you know offense versus defense um teams are not going to start hot from week one if they do it's it's, it's going to be a fluke in my opinion um just because there is no rhythm there, there is there's been no consistency coming into coming into camp and then coming out the other end and, and preparing for this week one opener. So I think we'll win by a score. Um, I think, I, I think it's going to be a close one. Um, I think I have to agree with that 45% thing. It's going to be a narrow win. I, I don't see the chargers really blowing out a lot of teams this year with the exception of that three game stretch versus uh, Jacksonville, the jets and Miami. I think um, most of the other games this year are going to be pretty close. I think it's, probably something to do with the philosophy it seems like it's going to be a defense first team with you know a more safe and methodical offense with a lot of running a lot of play action rpo short quick passes the occasional deep shot but not a lot i just i I don't anticipate there being a lot of high scoring affairs um especially with this defense i think this defense is going to be able to keep them pretty close in most games so and if you limit those turnovers that that were a real problem last year that really kind of allowed for some cheap points for the other team. I, I think you see that this team is built for that low scoring close win style. So I, I imagine that most of their games will be within a score um, this year. And I think this is, this one's no different. I think the Bengals are a good team. Uh, I think they definitely are an up and coming team, meaning that they're still probably towards the bottom of the league uh, record wise, but they have talent. They, they can score, you know, they can play defense. So I, I don't think they're an inept team um, like some of the other teams we might be playing later on this year. So I, I do think it's going to be a close win for them. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think close win for the Chargers is, is kind of where I'm leaning. Uh, I think when we did the preview uh, of weeks one to four a few weeks back, I said 2013 to the Chargers, but the closer we get, the more pessimistic I am on scores. I think neither team's going into this in rhythm and i think well ask me sunday and i'll probably predict a nil nil you know that being in rhythm common is kind of a big deal um you know i've been thinking about this and you know coming in here without preseason or regular preseason without those games you know um you know continuity is something but you can have played with a guy for you know a couple seasons already and still kind of need that time together to get that continuity going, at least from a passing perspective. So I actually think that this might be an advantage to the Chargers if they are, in fact, going to be more of a run-focused team because I think that teams who rely more on the pass are going to get a lot more 
um, they're going to have a lot more miscues, you know, guys turning the wrong way, you know, calling those, you know, hot reads and then the guy not understanding what's going on. So I think there might be a lot more miscues um, and, and across the offensive line as well for pass protection, you know, who's got what assignment, you know, what are we doing here? I, I think all of that can cause a lot of issues on the offensive side from a passing perspective. So I think teams that are going to rely on the run game, on the short, quick passes where there's not a lot of pass blocking, not a lot of having to kind of make decisions of coverage. I think those teams are going to actually end up having an advantage offensively starting off the season. Um, that's just my personal take. Um, but I, I think that is kind of a boon for the Chargers if they are going to be relying on Eckler and Kelly uh, and, and Tyrod's legs to kind of carry them early on. Yeah, I think I think also as well, there's a bit of swagger amongst his team going into uh, 2020. If you, look, if you look at 12 months ago, um, I expectations having come off that um, divisional loss to the Patriots. The defence now has, has been slated to be a top three defence in the NFL. The team knows that, the coaches know it, the players know it. The journalists and reporters around the league are reporting on that. That will get back to the players. It will give them that sort of uh, that confidence and energy going into this week one game. And I think... I would personally like to see the Chargers win the toss and kick in and give in Cincinnati the football to start off with. Let's see what the defence does because the biggest question marks are against the offence. So if that's where our springboard is from, from Melvin Ingram yeah, and, and Bozer, that's what I want to see. You know, there, there is Terrify the living yeah, daylights out of Burrow immediately. Exactly, and that's and that's what we've wrote about on the Charger Bolts uh preview about getting pressure to the quarterback we, we we joked earlier on last week's pod about um adam gaze potentially being sacked at half time who knows what's going to happen here you know joe <laughs> joe burrow could see a lot of the football he could walk into that locker room having been sacked four and times retire. <laughs> just look at the nathan <laughs> Peterman game from a few years well back. look we just, you just You'd don't know. We just you? don't know. Um, I, I have read um, uh, several articles, and they've all said the same thing that the that the Bengals O line looks a bit uh, looks a bit suspect. So we're just going to have to see. You know, it it is a coin toss. Who knows? We we might be in one of those games where it's it's hammering it down to Paul Brown on on with rain on Sunday, um, and, and players are, are struggling with their cleats and, and struggling with their footing. There's all those sort of. Uh, permutations that, that can affect a game we, we'll just have to see how it plays out but on paper that this is a real good opportunity for us to get our season off to a winning start i know i get killed for this every time i mention this on twitter so i maybe it's a safe that i do it here on the podcast so i don't actually have to listen to people um but i personally have seen a lot of red flags with joe burrow and I know people think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread coming out of college. And he had a historic no, rookie season – or, sorry, uh, senior season. But, I mean, he couldn't win the job at Ohio State, so he transferred. His first year at LSU did not play well. I mean, he was fine, but he wasn't even mentioned as a first or second round quarterback talent. And then all of a sudden he has a springboard year where, you know, he has this amazing clutch performance under pressure. Um, you know, he's got this, he's, he's thrown with swagger and confidence and that's great. You know, he found his confidence and he wasn't playing with that previously. And I, some of that may just be, he, he didn't, he needed that season under his belt. Some of it being that they needed to kind of bring in some new coaching philosophies, um, for the offense to make him succeed. Um, you know, but I think a lot of 
had to be one. He had a top 30 offensive line in college football, which is nice. He's not getting that. He's getting a, I think was, what are they like the 30th or 29th best O-line in the league in the NFL. Yeah. Right. So that's going to be something he's not used to dealing with. He's used to having, you know, basically the best team on the field every week. Yeah. I'm going to play confidently too. If I know I'm the best team on the field every week, guess what? You're not going to be the best team on the field every week. In fact, you're probably only going to be the best team on the field three or four times this year. So I just, let's look at, let's look at this historically. You look at, I'd hate to be a, uh, quarterback uh, coming into a draft, you know, especially something like Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, high expectations. Let, let's look at this historically: Johnny Manziel, Tim Tebow, you know, uh, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota. They're all expected to blow the doors off the NFL, um, and it doesn't work out for everybody. You know, I'm, I'm not saying I hope that Joe Burrow crashes and burns. I'm not. I'm not saying that, but this could be the case where we, we've got a situation where the Bengals in 12 months are going right okay back to the drawing board how many how many quarterbacks did the Browns draft between the year 2000 and Baker Mayfield was, I think it was, was about it 800 like, you know, yeah 852 or something <laughs> feels like, like that, that. yeah <laughs> do you know what though um, was I, I agree I would absolutely hate to be a quarterback coming into the NFL being paid millions to play. <laughs> you, you, you know right now that the, the Chargers uh, D sat you know on, on WhatsApp or on teams going He's mine. I'm going to record the first sack against Joe Burrow. You know that they're doing that. Um, and why wouldn't you? You're professionals. You're out there to do a job. And and who is going to get the first sack on Joe Burrow? Oh, it's Bosa. 100% there we are. Bosa. There I mean, it is. It's got to be Bosa. I mean, I love Ingram and all, but Gaudy's stat, sack stats are not his game. Yeah, he had that one year of double digit. You know where he was at twelve or whatever, but generally he's not a big time sack guy, which is fine. That's not his game. That's not why he's so important to the team. He does a lot of other things really well. No. He puts a lot of pressure on the QB. That's really great. Bosa is a sack machine. He is just a force of nature, and I just don't see that weak offensive line being able to handle the two of them plus Linval Joseph up the middle. I mean, oh, yes. I mean, he, Burrow is going to have a tough first week i just it's going to be ugly for him i agree john i hadn't thought about that perspective if they win they should defer um to the second half for i love it i love it let's kick it to burrow let's give him the ball first snap he doesn't even get to watch he doesn't even get to watch one set of downs he's got to go out there i love love it have you heard what the uh charges have been uh the roster's been calling limbal joseph uh an angry door uh, a running coke machine. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been calling him all sorts. Of the, um, a Mack truck like is one of the uh, adjectives that they've used. He's, Absolutely phenomenal. You, that, that guy. Did you see him in hard knocks? Guys, I, um... He makes all the other defensive, uh, the, the nose tackles look small. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they all look like, I'm like, who's that with him? Is, he, is, he, is that a linebacker or something with that? Is, oh, no, that's that's Damien Square. Oh, my God. What, what, I didn't what, what, what so small. <laughs> What we what needs to happen is when we're on a, a, a third and second, <laughs> two yards out from the uh, end zone, is just to uh, get Linval Joseph hand the ball off to him, and just let him burst through the line into the end zone. That's be quite oh. Well, do you know what? Um, this this podcast is all about hot takes. I promise it every week. We've done lots. Sweep the bloody Chiefs, indeed. We'll see. <laughs> but here's one for you. First sack of the season. So I th- and and before I tell you who it is. The reason I think this is I think they, they we defer. Burrow gets the ball and I think he, he does run, he does run again, he dumps it off and that's that's it. That, that's done. Three and out and we get the ball back. And he doesn't get the ball 
with any meaningful intent to this second or third series. At that point, we're rotating in some players to keep Bosa and Ingram fresh. Tillery, Tillery is going to get the first sack on. <laughs> I like it. I like um, it. Um, but I, I'm, I'm going with he's, he's Nas, a... Nasser Adderley. Safety oh, blitz. The edge coming out of nowhere. I like that. I think that's a great call. God, God, I think really actually, I was going to say somebody else. Desmond King. Desmond King can get after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I could see them put him out there. You know, three or four defensive backs out there. He's thinking, oh, it's pretty good. I've got, you know, they're playing more. You know, they're playing more coverage. You know, they've only got they're gonna only have the three to four guys rushing. And all of a sudden, King steps up to the line and just nice little corner blitz. He doesn't see it at all. He's just, I mean, he's just so worried about Melvin and Bosa and Linval coming up the middle. He doesn't see it at all and just, just boom. That could be. I mean, that's that's a great take. Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, talk about Naz uh, coming to this. Um... Season. I'm really excited to see how he performs. And, and he, he needs to step up, doesn't he? Once? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he'll, he'll he'll do the job on, on Sunday. Um, however, I would have said the first sack would have gone to someone else, but we better not talk about it. We're keeping this uh, happy medium at the minute. Number thirty-three. <laughs> he's on my look, he's on my new jersey and everything, and he's gone. Uh, yeah, let's let's not depress everyone. Um, I haven't even given my prediction and. and uh, listeners, you will find this out about me. The no- closer I get to a game, including during a game when we're twenty points up, it becomes even worse. I always think we're going to lose by the time by the time we get there. Until we actually win, I think somehow we're going to throw it away. I, I blame Mike McCoy for that and that terrible season of having ninety nine percent win certainty. So I'm scarred for life. Thank you, Mike. Um, so, I, I, but I stick by my original decision. I, I think they come out, they run the ball at us. Um, we get a bit of a lead. I, I could see us getting on top defensively nice and early. And I still think it's going to be close. I still think that Burrow is going to launch it deep. And he's got Tyler Boyd and AJ Green and they'll get some points. Um, I see this as being a teens against teens scoreline. And I think we win it um, with a Badgley end of regulation time field goal. Putting to bed the scars we have from the Lambo misses, you know, and who else? Who else was? Did we used to have Young Ho, Young Ho Koo, and oh my goodness! So yes, I know, and I drafted him in one of my leagues, and they went, "Hold on, didn't we have him?" And he ruined my life. Yeah, <laughs> so um, <laughs> so we've got this. Uh, I think we come through. I think we all think we're going to win. We agree with you, Twitter. Thank you for participating. Um, I asked for your feedback. We're going to get you involved with these polls week, and we've got another one coming up at the end of the show. So keep listening because we're going to do some shout outs for some of your predictions. Bez, Guys, just, sorry, yeah. before we move on, just a quick hot off the press. Fernando Ramirez on Twitter. Uh, charge report for Sports Illustrated quote direct from Joey Bosa he says the Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow had a great season at LSU he says Burrow hasn't faced a defence line like the Bolts mind games already Confidence. mind games it started love it it has so let, let us start it now by going you know we, we've put our, our next in the line and said we're going to win but why let's break that down let's stack up the Bengals players position by position against the Chargers um, and we can actually see what they look like against what we what we are set set our stall up. So, guys, let's start off by quarterback. We've been talking about it. It is Tyrod. Tyrod. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to switch between the two. Everyone's calling him Tyrod. He says it's Tyrod. If his mother named is Tyrod, I'll call him Mr. Tyrod. T. I'm not <laughs> Mr. T. Um, so we're starting uh, Taylor. <laughs> um, they're starting Joe Burrow. Um, 
who do you think has the edge? Because I'm I'm with you, John Ayres, that I think Burrow is massively overrated and had two distinctly average and poor seasons and flipping around colleges and then suddenly had a great senior year and he's amazing and the number one overall pick and on a level with Andrew Luck I read at draft time. I'm not having it. So do we think Tyrod Tyrod's experience gives him the edge or do we think Burrow's LSU exuberance means that he is the better talent and gives them the edge? Unless you're starting Ryan Leaf as your starting quarterback, you cannot go... You shouldn't really be pitching a veteran against a, a rookie and saying the rookie's the best quarterback. Let, let's look at Tyrod. You know, he's first of all, he's got the experience. Secondly, he's in absolutely great shape. Um, the, the locker room have a lot of respect for him. And if you just look at you, you look you look at him on tape, he's got that air of confidence about him. The coaches trust in him, and it doesn't matter that he hasn't. Scored as um, as many touchdowns or passed the uh, football as 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 far as uh, Drew Brees, the, the likes of uh, Aaron Rodgers. I think we've alluded to this point on a number of occasions. Tyrod has not had the weapons at Buffalo and Cleveland as he's got on offer here uh, available to him at the Chargers. I, I just think he's. I'm not, I'm not going to say he's MVP uh, candidate. That's not what I'm saying. I think he's a piece that fits our offense. It's going to be um, an offense that's not explosive but conservative, makes the right plays at the right time, and he's mobile. So if he needs to make that three or four yard scramble, he'll do it. But you just look at his take, take, move away from the technical aspect, the actual respect for uh, Tyra from the locker room, and the shape he's in right now. That is a that's a tangible benefit that that doesn't always come with every NFL player. He's looked after himself um, and he's in the right frame of mind. He's been around the, the Chargers long enough to understand the, the offence uh, and the weapons available to him. So for me, it's a clear clear as um, as you like. It's Tyrod. It'd be more clear if you said his name right, but it's Tyrod. Um, by the way, <laughs> Google it. Google how do you pronounce Tarad. And uh, there's an interview he gave, press conference, when he was with the Browns. And he says it's Tarad, T-U-H-R-O-D, Tarad. Or however you might say it with whatever accent you have. So it is Tarad, just FYI. Just let's be, I want to be on the record here. He said he admits that's what his mama calls him. Um, but he, he admits that everybody calls him Tyrod, so he doesn't really matter. He doesn't care that much. But I'm going to call him Tyrod, and I'm going to call him QB1 because that's who he is. He's our QB1. I love him. Uh, everybody knows how I feel about him by now. I think I've talked about the article I've written about him, and we've promoted that on chargedupbolts.com. If you haven't read it, go read it. It's all it's all part of my offensive uh, preview. It's a good time to get previewed and, and, and educated about what the, the new look offense might look like. Uh, going into Sunday, so you're not completely surprised as to who's doing what and why do they why do they keep handing the ball off? Um, so, to me though, it, it it comes down to experience, right? I think it, what is Tarad gonna do that Burrow is not? What Tarad's gonna do is he's gonna have composure, as Waz mentioned. He's gonna have the experience. Uh, he's not gonna do the dumb. He's not gonna take the dumb sacks that kill drives. He's not gonna make the dumb um, hero ball mistakes that Burrow is undoubtedly going to do because you know he's a number one pick there's a lot of you know onus on him to be the guy and i can see them getting down because you know the the offense is, is sputtering the chargers defense is is smothering him and i can see him making some ill 
um, ill decisions, throwing the ball downfield and getting picked by Casey Hayward, um, Harris, Nos flying around. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there with good hands who can pick him off. And I can see him just getting confused and trying to make, trying to force the issue and getting it picked multiple times. And I think that's going to be the difference here. I'm going to give it to Tarad because I think at the end of the day, in a close game, like I anticipate this is going to be, it's all going to be about who's going to win the turnover battle. And I, I do believe that Tarad is going to help us win the turnover battle. I, I'm with you both as well. I think it's it's Tarad um, wins this comparison. I mean, you could look at it as maybe he'll funnel in the frustration of losing out to Baker Mayfield to take those frustrations out on destroying Joe Burrow in direct competition when there's so many comparisons between the paths of Mayfield and Burrow. Um, I think you can go beyond just looking at Tyrod and Burrow to give this this kind of round to the Chargers. You look at the backups as well. If anything were to happen, the Bengals will be relying on Ryan Finley. And that's not a position anyone wants to be in. No, it's not. And, uh, you know, we've got to take into consideration that Tyrod might be, uh, you know, in the same scenario, would be replaced by the future goat, Justin Herbert. So, you know, that, that adds to things as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm not a fan of Burrow at all. I've mentioned it. So I'm giving this to, to Rod. I'm giving this to the Chargers. Uh, first position goes to us boys. I mean, who would have thought it? Um, so now let's move into running back, which I don't think is as clear cut. I think a little bit more challenging because um, uh, they, the Bengals start off with um, Joe Mixon. Um, very good rated running back. You know, I picked him up in the second round of a, a 12-man fantasy league. He's talented. He scores points. He's backed up by Gio um, Bernard. Really good um, sort of hands-on-the-ball kind of second running back. I think at one point I probably classed him as the best in that category when he burst onto the scenes. And if you remember when we beat them in the playoffs where um, under Mike McCoy... When uh, who was their quarterback, the ginger guy? You know, when Dalton pretty Andy much threw Dalton. away that game, Andy Dalton. When he gave us that win, um, Gio Bernard caused us so many issues um, through the centre of the field, um, and we had, that was the game that I realised we needed to get rid of the vastly overpaid Butler, the linebacker, if you remember. Um, so I really like that they've got, um, and I can never say his name, Samaje P. Ryan. Have I got that anywhere? Yeah, so they picked up Samaje P. Ryan. Um, he's a talented um, player. So they, they've got a really nice um, trio there. That Then you look to our trio, we've got Austin Eckler. He's got his money. Is he a junior? I always see him as a junior um, McCaffrey. Um, who could take the step up to be on that level. I think he has the talent and ability and the confidence to maybe make that step up. Um, and, you know, we've talked about um, Jackson and Kelly and we're not sure which one will lead and how it will be splitting. Um, it's not clear cut, this one. So where are you guys taking running back? Bengals or Chargers? If you um, have a look at our preview, John and I have, have got the Bengals edging it just... Um, you've mentioned... Joe Mixon there, phenomenal talent. Giovanni Bernard, yeah, he's 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 done the business in in small chunks previously. Uh, didn't score a touchdown at all uh, last year. Only started two games, so it'll be interesting to see how they try and reintegrate him to the, into the offense and whether or not 
the, the the Bengals can actually get a bit more productivity out of him. But it but he is dangerous. Uh, but I think Mixon it'll be a target for our linebacker core certainly. Um, as you said, Bez, we we we're a bit of an unknown at running back other than Austin Eckler. Um, let's see how the other guys sort of step up to the mark. But I think the Bengals just edge it on this occasion. I mean, to me personally, I am a big Eckler fan, um, but he does have his gaps. I am an even bigger Joe Mixon fan. Uh, I think that he is such an uber talented player. I think he kind of got a little buried on the depth chart early on. I think that the team under Dalton had kind of a bit of like that river syndrome where they're like, oh, we've got Andy Dalton. We, for some reason, think he's really good. So we're going to let him throw the ball a ton, you know, and they, they got down a lot. Um, but last year towards, you know, midway through the season, uh, they realized that maybe they should just hand the ball off more to, to Joe Mixon and, you know, throw throw him some small, uh, some easy stuff in the flat. And holy cow, did he show them why. And they paid him $12 million a year, so basically twice what Eckler got. Uh, there's a reason. The guy can do it all. I think he is a real threat. And I think if the Bengals are going to stun the Chargers here, it's going to be on the back of Joe Mixon. I think Joe Mixon is, is going to go ham on them uh, if they let him. And I think that if I'm the Chargers, yes, you know, you're going to want a game plan against uh, the rookie quarterback because you don't want to get uh, burned by the pass. But I think they really need to be focusing on stopping Joe Mixon because if they can stop Joe Mixon and force Burrow to beat them, I think that's the recipe for success. So, you know, I think Mixon takes the cake. I think, you know, behind him, Giovanni Bernard, I like him. He's not a, you know, he's not an uber athlete, but he can do a lot of things. He's great out of the backfield catching the ball. So, you know, I think that. Uh, experience and that talent outweighs what the Chargers kind of throw out there with Justin Jackson, who is supposedly going to play, but who knows? He probably, probably breaks an ankle or something. His first handoff. Cause you know, Justin Jackson uh, and then Josh Kelly is still, and he's still a rookie, he's still learning in the ropes. So I don't know, you know, I don't know how he's going to look in his very first game. So I, I, I got to give the, the edge there to, to the Bengals. Hey, if Jackson does go down, we can always bring in Bradwell, the F-150 or F-250 or whatever coach wants to call him. Um, call him up off the practice squad. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with you all on this. I think uh, Joe Mixon, is, well, when I was writing it down for myself, just getting my thoughts collected, I wrote, Mixon is a beast and will punish us. Geo is a nice compliment. Now, I think Eckler's that beastly level as well, but I think as John said, like Mixon's game is more complete. He's more well-rounded. He's got, he's kind of, he's kind of there, ready to go. Now I don't like the guy as a person, but as a player, I think he's uh, an impressive player, and I think we're going to struggle to contain him. Yeah, I think I think we're all giving it to to sort of the Bengals here. This is their strength. This is um, some talented names, whereas ours are, you know, a little bit more dynamic overall, but perhaps a little unknown quantity that we've not got a true Mixon. We've not got, I'm not going to say his name. I am. We've not got a Melvin Gordon. No, he's awful. Let's forget about him. Um, but we don't have that lead running back, the powerhouse, and they do. And if, the, if they run us over, then we could lose. And I think the big storyline for me uh, coming out of this game is how do we stop Joe Mixon? Exactly as you said, John, um, and I think it comes down to can the D-line um, with Linval Joseph and Bosa as well contribute to stopping the run? And how will our linebackers cope? Is it going to be Perryman to start? Or are we going to rush in the new boy straight in and, and 
and crash him downhill and, and try and try and take on Mixon head on. So I'm giving it to Cincinnati. We all are, um, but I think we, we we understand it's not a massive massive gulf. Wide receiver is even trickier. So let's just go through the comparisons. The Cincinnati Bengals have AJ Green, the oft injured, temperamental, extraordinary talent. They've got Tyler Boyd, John Ross, who I'm pretty sure was a first round pick for his speed. Um, they've got T Higgins, they've got Auden Tate. They've got some decent names, even in the depth there, that have been around the league for a while that should have talent. This is a part of their team that is primed for success. We have Keenan Allen, probably don't have Mike Williams on the field, which means the next four, Joe Reed, KJ Hill, uh, Guyton, Goyton, Guyton, G-Man, um, and then Jason Moore, whoever on earth Jason Moore is on our team. Um, but that that is our, our roster. I think the Bengals have got this hands down and there is a gulf of talent that our team has to be challenged to step up into. Am I right? Yeah, Bez, I'm with you on that. John and I have gone with the uh, Bengals for, for the receiver core. And if you step back slightly, look at Brian Callahan, the, the Bengals offensive coordinator, 11-year veteran. Uh, he's spent a lot of his time coaching quarterbacks, so he'll have that sort of um, synergy with uh, QB1 and the receiver core. T Higgins, really interesting for me, coming out of Clemson. Um 27 career receiving touchdowns tied with DeAndre Hopkins and Sammy Watson in school history. But we've said before, whether they whether these players can make the transition or not is a, is a different matter. And they're coming up against a really, really good um, secondary. So Higgins and Boyd have to be on their game. Um, I'll talk about AJ Green shortly. Um, if you look at Boyd, his productivity has been pretty good. Over a thousand yards in the last two seasons, so we've we've got to watch out for him. But AJ Green, interesting. Does anybody know when he played? When he last played a competitive game of football? Oh, I believe that was back in 2018. I think that was like November, October. Week thirteen. Week thirteen. He had one target, one catch for seven yards. Um, so you know, prior to that, he, he, so so we can say he's rested. He, oh, he's he's definitely rested. He saved he's a whole year. Off, he saved a whole year off his body. He's thirty-one, <laughs> but he's only playing like a thirty-year-old. Yeah. So that's that's an advantage. Yeah, him. there you go. <laughs> so he played the first week, first eight weeks of the uh, twenty eighteen season. Yeah. Then he picked up an injury, mm-hmm. and that was him. So we we've not seen him. Um, so it's not it's November, years. right? I just want to make sure I had that right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, is, is actually uh, December. Ah, December. Oh, I missed it. Okay, well, December second, but yeah, you're absolutely right. They've they've got a they've got a capable uh, receiver core. It's whether or not Burrow gives them the football, and we, we spoke about the pressure that that our D line will bring to Burrow. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting game. You know, I think all if everybody were healthy and at 100 percent. If you told me, hey, both receiving cores are at 100 percent, I think it might be a slightly tougher decision. I'd still probably lean the Bengals because if you if you match them up, I mean, you've got we'll say AJ Green plays more of a deep threat, big body kind of 
50-50 guy. He's more of a Mike Williams. Uh, and Boyd would be more of that slot player, you know, a lot of receptions, dependable hands kind of guy. He'd be more of a Keenan Allen. So obviously you've got Keenan over Boyd, and I'd probably have a healthy AJ over Mike Williams. But so, you know, that would be pretty close. But then if you get down to the third wide receiver, I mean, there's, to me, it, having someone like a, a rookie like T. Higgins being your, your third wide receiver, I think that is an amazing uh, thing to have. I think he's a great he's a great talent. He's a guy I really liked coming out of college. Guy that, you know, I, I would have loved the Chargers to grab. Not that I thought they were going to use a high enough pick to get him. Um, but, you know, it would have been a guy I would have liked to see them target. He, um, I think he outshines anyone else we have on a roster, veteran or rookie. Um, as far as talent goes. So all said and done healthy, I would give it to the Bengals. But the fact that we're not going to have Mike Williams and even a 75% AJ Green is better than anybody else we have on our roster besides Keenan Allen. So I just, I, it's, it's really hard not to give the wide receiver group um, check mark to the Bengals. And as with the others, I'm in lockstep with you here. Uh, I went through spot by spot um, as you've just done. And whilst I think, Keenan Allen um, is potentially better than AJ Green, depending on how healthy AJ Green is and whether he comes back in the form that he was like three or four years ago. Um, I don't think the rest of it is that close. Um, and I think Cincinnati win this round um, fairly easily. Yeah, I think we're unanimous that it's it's fairly comfortable and actually a bit of a worry for me, but I'm quite optimistic to see our guys step up. Um, and optimistic again about the matchups within the cornerbacks that we have and the secondary against their talented wide receivers. Um, tight end. Well, this is an interesting <laughs> one because I, you know, we start off with Hunter Henry. Um, if healthy, if fit, is he one of the top tight end talents in our league? Certainly by salary. Um, and backed up by Virgil Green. And then you've got the greatest tight end that's going to be on the field um, on Sunday, which is. Donald Parnham Jr., my boy. Um, I, I think that's a good tight end trio. Anderson, you know, he's a guy. We'll see what he brings to the table. But that's a really good three. Um, compare that to the Bengals, who've got some Sample and Carter as the backups. Um, I mean, they've got CJ Uzoma as their number one, who I don't see as being on the same level as our guys. Um, I think he'd slot in... A bit above Virgil Green, but he's not at Hunter Henry's level for me. Um, and it's it's good that Tyler Eifert isn't on his team, even though the guy's career has been blighted by injury. I, he was one of the top tight ends by talent coming out of college for me. I was so excited um, to see what he could do and disappointed about his injury. But glad they don't have a healthy um, contracted uh, Eifert on their team anymore. So personally, I'm giving this to... Um, to the Chargers comfortably by a margin, and I think it can play play a big part in Tarod's game. Um, what do you reckon, Dan? Even uh, even if they did still have Eifer, I think we'd still win this this battle up. Um, and you can't look past Hunter Henry. He's well, the the college graduate Hunter Henry as he is now, as he discussed on Good Morning Football the other morning. Um, CJ Uzoma's nice. He's he's all right. He's your kind of average level tight end but they don't have anyone that with the talent of henry or the size of parham i mean they've got they've got guys six 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 five and six three but no one at six eight and you know that's the sweet spot for tight end so i i think i think we win this 
this comparison just based on the the ability of Hunter Henry and the height of Donald Parham. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, I think Hunter Henry is by far the best tight end in, in this group. A healthy Hunter Henry is a dangerous Hunter Henry. I think he's hands down the best. And if we have to look at Parham or Virgil Green or whoever to step in in case he goes down or needs a breather, I think they're also comfortably pretty good as well. I just don't I, I don't have a lot of fear of the tight end group for the Bengals, and I just don't think it's going to be a real factor for them. But I think it could be a very positive factor for us. Um, you know, so that's a, to me, that's an easy easy win for the Chargers in, uh, from that position. Uh, I will say, though, Hunter Henry getting that degree is a very smart move because when you're as injured as much as him, you got to start thinking about life after football. <laughs> so, <you're, laughs> yeah. okay, Wallace, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you guys. Uh, Hunter Henry's whether or not he can stay fit is another matter. Let's hope he can. Uh, but I think that the Bengals only having three tight ends on their roster, um, whether they opt to play a bit of 22 personnel packages, I don't know. But ultimately, we've got the man, Hunter Henry. Keep him fit. He'll do the business. Unanimous then for the Chargers by a margin uh, this position. Um, I'm going to throw open to John Ayres, though, the offensive line comparison as a whole. Um, what's your take? Because... Uh, you know, we've talked about Pouncey May being out, reshuffling. Is it going to be a strength of the Chargers? You've already mentioned definitely not a strength of the Bengals. Who do you think is going to uh, lay an egg worse out of the two well, lines? I will say this. There's not a whole lot of teams that the Chargers are going to play this year where they're going to have the higher rated offensive line. But this is going to be one of those games. Um, yeah, you know, I actually just saw uh, the most recent report that uh, today, Thursday, Pouncey, again, is, is, def- is definitely did not practice. So, you know, I think that Pouncey injury is going to have to be something we're going to have to really, really watch. You know, if Feeney's going to come in, uh, move over to the center, and Lamp's going to end up getting the start at left guard. Um, or Quisenberry, if he's going to get a chance at center. He seems to play well at center, even though for some reason the coaches don't like him. I don't know. He's kind of like the Kaiser White of the, uh, of the offensive line. He seems to have talent, but the the coaches just don't see it. Um, but I, even given that, I think when you look at just the right side of the line, uh, you know, that Bulaga, Iowa, and uh, Trey Turner, I just they're just so good. They're so solid. They're so dependable. And I think with the ability for uh, Tarad to kind of roll out right, bootleg, you know, do some play action to confuse the, the defense, um, quick passes, I think that you can easily kind of foil the pass rush. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I it, if it is something that I'm going to worry about too much until we see it on the field how they gel, especially with Campen. You know, I'm I'm trying to put some faith in Campen that you know there's a reason he he picked Sam Tevy and decided to let him start at the left guard for us. So I mean, must have seen something. I mean, I really hope it's that Sam Tevy took some massive step forward in the new blocking scheme and that Campen has has unlocked something from him versus Pipkins is just a complete failure and and could could not beat out Tevi because if that's what happened, this is, it is just disaster for the Chargers on the offensive line. Uh, but at least we'll know who the number one pick is. And we don't have to debate about that for the team next year. Um, <laughs> anyways, I just, I just think they're a lot better team all around. <laughs> I, I think the, the Bengals just didn't do anything. didn't do much to strengthen that offensive line. I think it's going to be a liability for them again this year. Uh, and I think it's going to be one of the reasons that Joe Burrow definitely has a very disappointing season. I know there's a lot of fantasy analysts out there who, want to peg Joe Burrow as one of those guys that maybe, you know, there's going to be some weeks where you can stream him and get some value because of his potential. But I just don't see it this year. I see him, you know, 
been under duress a lot. I see him, you know, pushing the envelope and making mistakes a lot because of this offensive line. And, you know, it's, it's a sad state uh, for Burrow because I, I never want to see anyone fail, but I just don't, I, I don't have a high um, outlook on him. And this offensive line is the reason why. So for me, it's an easy win for the Chargers here. Yeah, it's a, it's a mess of a position for them. Um, PFF ranks it worst in the NFL or around the worst. Um, and they tried to address it. Um, and what I found interesting was, although he was just a guard in the draft, they brought in Adenergy. Aden- oh, I can never say this names. We're butchering names again. Um, <laughs> Adenergy, I think is how they say it. Um, and he was supposed to come in and start at left guard. But in camp, he's a, the reports I've read on Twitter are that he's, he's been the second, the backup left tackle. And some people have even said he's outperformed Williams at left tackle there um, as a rookie, but not that saying that there's a particularly high a high bar here. So they have an absolute dump of, dumpster fire of a, an offensive line. This is the one we should just tee off on them at every single opportunity we get. Um, with our linebackers playing for the short pass, because it could be dumped off if that's the case. Um, the only problem I've got is that um, our, Trey Pipkins didn't make left tackle for our team. Tevi is being talked up, as you've said, John. Um, how we line up will make all the difference. I love that Belaga, Brian Belaga, Iowa. Um, Trey Turner, Trey Turner, every single name. Sorry, sorry America, um, for massacring the names of your NFL players. Um, Mike Pouncey, I, I want to see Lamp, but I think it would be, I think Feeney then Lamp. Um, and then Tevi, I think our left tackle's a problem. Let's see how... Uh, Tarod sort of scrambles away from that. Um, was he with me? Yeah, the only thing I'm going to add into the mix is a point that uh, John made on James Campen. He, he was brought in for a reason to fix that O line. And if he hasn't achieved that, with albeit a caveat of a limited uh, preparations for the new season, you know, we, we might as well go home. Uh, they've obviously seen something in in in. In the blind side to put um, <clears throat> Tevi there, but there's, there's one I want to I want to mention this probably at least twice between now and the end of the season. There's one player that I believe the Chargers missed an opportunity on, and that was Trent Brown. Gone to our let's the enemy. Let's call him the enemy. They've gone. He's got. He went to the enemy. Las Vegas Raiders. Now, if you recall back to the uh, Patriots game in the playoffs. Brown was kryptonite for Boza and Ingram. They just couldn't get past him. He absolutely w- was a rock against them. Um, and I would have liked to seen him coming at left tackle. I think he would. I think he would have been. Uh, it'd have been a great addition. But we have to move on. Uh, just hope that the guys are going to do the job on Sunday. The way I've kind of looked at this um, comparison is our best tackle versus their best tackle our best guard versus their best guard and our best center versus their best center. And I think we win all three, which is not something I thought I'd be saying about any matchup on the O-line this season. But I think Bulaga, Iowa's better than Williams. I think Trey Turner's a great guard. I think he's better than Suofilo. And I think Pouncey's better than Hopkins. Um, I, I don't think there's anything to feel, to not feel good about in this comparison here. Now, it, against their D-line, that's a different matter. But comparing apples to apples, I think we win this. So that is the offensive line um, and the offence 
all wrapped up now, so um, it's a bit of a split position by position. I think overall the general feel we have as a group is that the terrible play of their O-line will, will and, and their rookie quarterback will render their advantages in the running game and wide receiver positions null and void, um, and we'll have the advantage. Um, let's switch over to the perceived strength of our team um, and the defence. Um, I'm going to fire this out over to you, Was. Um, what do you reckon about our D-line compared to their D-line? Well, I think it speaks for itself, doesn't it? We're, we're, we're slated to be one of the top Ds in the the NFL. Um, doesn't get much better than a, a tandem of Bosa and Melvin Ingram. Um, if you look on the other side of the coin, they've got Carlos Dunlap. That that dude is a wrecking machine. Um 13 and a half sacks in 2015 was the only time he's reached double digits, though. But um, he can get to the quarterback and, and our O-line. You have to pay a particular attention. I also like uh, Christian uh, Covington. Um, uh, 93 career tackles and eight and a half sacks. Um, I think the d- defensive line is a bit of a stout. Currently ranked 10th in the league by PFF, one spot behind the Chargers. But they've also signed DJ Reader. This is a really strange one for me. Came from Houston, uh, four seasons in the NFL, and in the, during that time he had six and a half uh, sacks and twenty-four quarterback hits. So I think they're sort of clutching at scores on that one, unless they see something in where they can develop him. Uh, but Carlos Dunlap is obviously their premier defender. But I, I just see the Chargers edging this. There's, there's not going to be there's not going to be too many. Uh, defenses out there that will will top ours. Um, so yeah, I, I've got the bolts up on this one. Um, I I think ultimately it comes down to you know what what kind of talent they each have on on the edge because I think that's really where you're going to see the biggest advantage for the Chargers. I think when you have Joey Bosa, one of the top five edge rushers in the league, it automatically starts you ahead. And then having to pair him with Melvin Ingram, I think is just they're such a dynamic duo, the two of them. They're, you know, they have not played very many games together, you know, and it's going to be really exciting to finally see them on the field together, you know, consistently playing. So I think that's going to be a big boon. And then, of course, you know, I've been I've been talking up my guy Linval Joseph all season, and thankfully, in hard knocks, uh, you know, and, and all the quotes come out of camp, you know, I think people are starting to finally understand just how big of a of an impact he is and not just because of his size. I think that what he's going to do to allow guys like Justin Jones and, and Jerry Tillery to, you know, break free. I think those really, um, I, I think he's just going to have such a major impact and, you know, the teams are not going to be able to double team Joe's uh, Bosa uh, and Ingram as much as they have in the past when either one of the two were gone or they didn't have to worry about, you know, the pressure up the middle. So now that they have to worry about, the pressure at the mill and on each side, I, they're going to have to make some real decisions on, okay, where are the double teams going to be? How are we going to protect this guy? And how are we going to keep from getting, having this pocket collapse every play? So I just think that the defensive line is really going to be the star of this defense. Everyone wants to talk about the depth at secondary. That's great. You know, but you know, in the NFL, you can only cover a receiver for so long, no matter how good the corner back is. And no matter uh, how bad the wide receiver is, the wide receiver is always going to have the advantage. So at some point, no matter how long you're, you're covering him well, he's going to get open. 
And it's, it's on the defensive line to put enough pressure on the quarterback to make him get that ball out before they have an opportunity to get open. So I think that, you know, you talk about covered sacks, sacks that happen only because, you know, everybody's covered and there's nowhere to throw. I think it's, you know, it's kind of that combination of having that defensive line that's able to get to the quarterback and take him down. Uh, I think it's really going to take a lot of pressure off the secondary. And I think that's really going to win it for them. I think, you know, there are some injury problems for the Bengals on their defensive line. And even without the injuries at, at full strength, the defensive line will good is not at the level of the Chargers so that's an easy win for the Chargers for me see I've got things a little bit closer I th- I think it's potentially a push here but I'd, I'd give the edge to the Chargers I mean Bosa and Dunlap both very strong players Bosa better but both good um, and then you look at um, just moving across the line um, and you move across to nose tackle um, because we're both playing, what, four threes, kind of. Um, I think Linval Joseph beats out DJ Reader, but Geno Atkins massively beats out Justin Jones. Um, and yeah, Ingram's better than Hubbard, but I think overall it's, it's kind of a closer closer one than I want it to be. Now, I think we've got the depth that they don't in that we've got players behind, like Isaac Rochelle and Damian Square, who can just come in um, uh, and... Jen Anawosa as well, can't forget him. Um, and then, of course, uh, Jerry. Jerry Tillery is, is there as well. He's he's <laughs> also there. <laughs> Leading. <laughs> yeah, the, the the first sack of the season. Um, Jerry he's, Tillery. It's coming. <laughs> um, um, I, I think I, we do win, win out there, but I think it's closer than I want it to be. I'm exactly with you, Dan. Exactly with you. Um, I'm not off in, uh, you know, getting carried away by our D-line. It's a strength. It's quality. It's been invested in. Um, but this is a really good D-line. I think this is the strength of the Bengals as well. You know, Wide receiver on one side, D-line on the other. Juno Atkins, Carlos Dunlap, and DJ Reader, um, coincidentally, is we signed Lin- Linval Joseph in the off-season. But when I wrote up my top targets for the Chargers in the off-season, I wanted DJ Reader. He was my number one, my number one guy to come and fill the need. He actually is, for me... Um, he has a d- slightly different set of traits to Limbaugh Joseph, but I thought he would fit that line quite nicely. Um, so they picked him up. Um, really nice fit there. But I have to agree with you. I think we edge it. This is our strength. Um, and, and we get the nod. And there's not going to be that many weeks where it's that close, um, especially being the D-line being our strength. But this is one of them. Um, let's not write off the Bengals. Um, let's Let's cautiously understand that this is one of their strengths and uh, we're not running away with it um let's move to linebacker um so we obviously drafted a first round pick uh linebacker um you know john as what's your thoughts about the linebacker core compared to the bengals um who has the edge oh that's a great question um you know to me this is one of the hardest categories for me to um really figure out it you've got a lot of turnover on the Bengals side and you've got um, some changing around and turnover there on the, on the charger side. I think from a continuity standpoint, the chargers do have um, linebackers that have been there for a while that they trust. And you know what? Linebacker, while maybe in the passing game has been a little bit of liability overall linebacker has been, you know, an okay group for us. It hasn't been bad for the Bengals. On the other hand, Previously, it was really bad. So bad so that not only did they jettison half their linebacking core, they drafted three linebackers. I mean, that to me, that just says, look, we 
know we have a big problem here. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and just draft as many linebackers as I can. Hopefully we hit on, you know, one or two of them. So I think to me, it comes down to, you know, who are they starting? I think if the Bengals are starting linebackers from before that weren't that good, I mean, that's not great. And if they're putting their rookies in there because the rookies have outperformed, well, they're still rookies trying to play a really tough position. So I like the chargers having more experience uh, and good experience. Drew tranquil is, uh, you know, he had limited reps last year as, as a linebacker, mostly a special teams guy, but when he did play, he did show out. I mean, he has, he was one of the highest graded linebackers um, per PFF in the limited snaps he had. So, you know, I'm excited to see him with a bigger role. I do have a lot of faith in, in Denzel Perryman when he can stay healthy, you know, is he obviously, has had issues with that, but when he's on the field, he plays pretty well. Kaiser White is a guy I've always thought is underrated by the coaches. I don't know why. He just to me on tape, he looks like he he's got something there that needs to be unleashed. But he, you know, he's there. And then you've got Kenneth Murray, who I think is, you know, if you want to stack up, you know, the whatever ten billion linebackers that the Bengals drafted versus <laughs> Kenneth Murray, Kenneth Murray, he beats them all you know, combined. I just, the, the kid, I'm so excited for him. He's one of my, he was, I mean, as much as I love Justin Herbert, as much as I know we needed to get a quarterback, the fact that they went back in and got Kenneth Murray just excites the heck out of me. And I cannot wait to see him on that field. And yes, he's going to have some, some growing and some adjusting to do uh, in the NFL. But I just think that he is just going to be 100% a difference maker out there. So for me, because of all that, I got to give linebackers to the Chargers on this one. So, mate, I'm um, I'm right with you, and, and just picking up on what you just said about de- this de- decimated core. Didn't we nick one of their best linebackers in Nick Vigil in the off season? And he's not going to probably start for us. He's he's more of a backup guy who just racked the tackles. He's a, up, yeah, he's, so. he's a tackle guy. He's 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 pretty good in coverage. That's kind of what he's known for. Um, so he's probably going to be out there in sub packages, you know, nickels, stuff like that. Just, you know, packages where we're going to really be, you know, defending against the pass. That's where you'll see him out there. But yeah, he's not a starting linebacker for us. And that, he was one of their main starters, one of the bright spots on their uh, linebacking core who they just decided not to bring back. They cleaned house, I guess, you know, sometimes you throw away the baby with the bathwater. Yeah. Ooh. Well, it makes sense because they obviously went in the draft as you've talked about. I mean, but they picked up some players that I was quite hot on. In particular, and he fell in the draft for me, was Akeem Davis-Gaither, um, who I really wanted us to pick up when he got to that fourth round um, position and we had the chance to, to take him, uh, sorry, late uh, in the third round for us. But um, I, I liked him. I thought he was a third round pick that fell to the fourth round and, and we, we overlooked him. But, you know, they've got... We talk about rookies coming in, and you talked about um, Murray coming in and being raw. Their entire def- sort of linebacker core is going to be raw, and and that's why I think this is one of the big narratives of this game. Tarod Taylor is going to eat their new linebackers alive. They aren't going to know, you know, if he can shrug off Derwin James, a healthy Derwin James, um, in training camp. These rookies won't know which way they they're gonna go, and I think this is gonna be one of the narratives where we dominate that that sort of intermediary linebacker core, um, get a lot of first downs through Austin Eckler. They'll lose track of him. Tyrod, we've got too much going on in crossing routes with Henry and Allen. They won't keep up, and this is a weakness of theirs. And we've turned it into a strength. I was worried um, about the linebacker core. I really was. I, I thought we needed to refresh it that Perryman can't be trusted to last a season. Um, and we went and got a first-round first pick in Kenneth Murray, who I'm just like you, John. I am so excited. He's who I'm going to be watching. I will be keeping my eyes on him every minute he's on that field to see what his instincts are like and see how he leads that defense. Um, but I'm also interested in seeing Drew Tank- 
Drew Tranquil. His name has been Tranquility, Calm, uh, in the off-season. Um, I haven't noticed what he's been doing. I haven't heard him being praised yeah. or seen a lot about him. But he was one of our standout guys. Is he going to have a sophomore slump? Or is he going to be a true impact maker in in this year? So let's see. But I give the linebacker core comfortably with you to, to, to our guys. Um, Daniel Jeremiah's talked up Drew Tranquil uh, quite a bit. Uh, he believes he's going to be something special if he can stay healthy. So that's going to be quite interesting. But uh, yeah, going back to... We'll start the Bengals for myself. I mean bringing in the veteran uh, Josh Bynes and then drafting three three rookies it's it's almost like they're clutching at straws it's it's a big concern for for the Bengals it it may be an area of their roster where they're going to have to sort of develop over the next 2 to 3 years um but I think we've got some great options and depth at Will Mike and Sam linebacker and I just wonder if you guys think Kenneth Murray is sort of being touted inside the Chargers camp of one of those versatile players like Derwin James, where he can basically play anywhere, you know, asking to play on the line of scrimmage further back, you know, uh, play anywhere that's needed, uh, depending on what the, the, the offense are trying to do. The, the fact that we traded up for him was a, a gutsy move from Tom Telesco. And I do recall the draft. He come under a lot of criticism for that, and it kind of irked me. I was thinking, well, he's the general manager. They've clearly had a plan, and the fact that they've seen that he's, he, he hasn't been taken, um, that there's something in that, that the, that the Chargers scouting network have, have done their homework. Let's just hope that Kenneth Murray lives up to the expectations, and I've got no reason to doubt that he, he won't. And I'm like you, Bez, I'm really excited. There's two players that I really want to see this season. Played lights out, Derwin James and Kenneth Murray. Okay, we can't, we, we'll not, we're not going to watch Derwin, but yeah, Kenneth's a man. Let, let's see. We're all in on Murray then, yeah. Yeah, let's let's see how he let's see how he fares um, on Sunday. He's going to start. You know he is. There's there's not much more for me to add here with the linebackers, so I'm just going to add. Um, I'm just going to quote a tweet from Chris Harey on the seventh of September where he said the last quarterback Chargers rookie linebacker Kenneth Murray faced at Oklahoma will be the first he faces in the NFL. Amazing. I love that. Wow. Amazing. Well, seeing as um, there wasn't much to add, how about you Ooh. cover off the secondary... Uh, uh, I'm going to jump in here real quick. Uh, sorry, you just reminded me of something I was going to mention when we were talking about defensive line. So, uh, uh, I don't know. I got a little notification. There was a, there was a bit of a press conference going on. Uh, Joe Reedy um, took a quote from, jo- uh, from Joey Bosa saying... Uh, talking about asking him about going against Joe Burrow. And he says he was my scout team quarterback at Ohio state back in 2015. So he's used to being chased by me. I think that is an amazing quote. You want to talk about Bosa really going in on Joe Burrow. Uh, he's like, Hey, yeah, you were the scout team when I was uh, at Ohio state. And uh, yeah, I used to terrorize you. So get used to that. Yeah. It's that used to be used <laughs> to being chased by me is just is hilarious. <laughs> You used to be my bitch. Well, I'm hey, coming who for knows? You, man. Maybe, maybe getting <laughs> beat up by Bosa is the reason he transferred out of Ohio State. He's like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> well, you, you never know. He's probably he's probably not sleeping. He's probably trembling right now and having nightmares. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's move on to that secondary. Um, Dan, over to you. Cornerbacks safety group. You know, it isn't with Derwin James. How do we match up without him? Even without DJ, is there is there really much to talk about when it comes to the secondary? I mean, we're clearly 
kind of top tier here, um, league-wide, with Hayward and Harris and King and Jenkins, maybe, um, and Adderley, um And you look at the guys they've got. They've got... Um, who have they got? They've got Von Bell, who's... He's all right. Um, Jackson, um, again, he's, he's okay. Um, Bates is pretty decent. Um, I think Phillips has got some promise, um, Darius Phillips, but I don't really think they compare fairly um, to our guys. And uh, I've got a lot of faith in the Jack boys, um, and I think they're going to have a nice, fun game against Joe Burrow on Sunday. Yeah, I'm with you, and I think we need to go get those picks because um, our, this is our strength. Um, Chris Harris, I'm quite looking forward to to seeing him and how he performs. Um, that he hasn't lost a step and brings in. I, I don't know if you've seen the videos um, on Twitter banding around, but he was sort of saying how he terrorised Rivers for years and uh, just sort of had his number when we played the Broncos. Now we get the guy on our team, so you know him, Casey Hayward, Desmond King. Anything, as I said in an early episode a few weeks back, that keeps Michael Davis off the uh, off the field, I'm comfortable with. Um, I'm excited to see Gilman, if he gets any snaps. And Nazir Adley, as I've said, I originally predicted when Derwin was healthy that Nazir might end up replacing Michael Davis as a cornerback. I think now he's going to be a rangy free safety. He's going to be put in places to get the ball out of the air. Um, and that's what I want to see. But then you look over at the, the Bengals... They actually have some nice pieces, only a couple. So Sean Williams, I'm actually quite a big fan of. I think he had a good year last year as a three-down safety. Um, and that's been nuked because they brought in Von Bell to sort of rotate in with him, which didn't make any sense to me because, they, from what I've seen, they're quite similar players. Um, you take a strength of your terrible season that got your first pick and you dilute it. It, it makes no sense. But um, apart from that, you, you're right, Dan. They haven't got anyone else. Um, was anyone you're seeing on the Bengals that we've missed? No, no. I'm just going to... I've got nothing really to add about the Bengals. I'm just going to say that I think we're going to see a few more picks this season. Introduction of Chris Harris is going to get back to his best. We've seen him on hard knocks. He looks uh, full of confidence again. He's got a smile on his face. And I think Naz, I know John spoke about this before, I think Naz, Naz is going to do the business at free safety. And then, you know, we've got the we've got the rest of the guys, Des King, Aloha Gilman will come in there, maybe um, play a few snaps as, as we're closing games out. But it's looking good. Arguably the best secondary in football. Not a lot more to say, really. Well, a couple things, you know, the Bengals recognized that there was an issue for them in secondary, and they tried to make some moves. A uh, guy that they brought in that I, I thought was a very solid addition was Trey Waynes. Um, you know, I thought he was a, a really good pickup from free agency, and then he tore his pectoral. So, you know, <laughs> you know best laid plans, right? Uh, so they're kind of back where they used to be. I mean, I think they're, I, I think they're in a position where I think their secondary is okay. I don't think it's awful. I really don't think it's that bad. I, I think it's at best just below league average, maybe um, to league average somewhere in that range. It kind of just depends on how some of these other guys on their, on their roster kind of make that move in to the next level or not. So, I mean, I, I think they're okay there, but I mean, yeah, it's just, there are no Jack boys. The Jack boys are here. They're, they're going to be causing problems year round. 
against every team. Uh, what's going to be really interesting to me is to see how they deploy Chris Harris. Yeah, I'm very excited about him. You know, he talked about being on the outside. He talked about being in the slot. So there's a lot going on with him that we don't know about. Uh, I have a feeling um, because I think that to me, Tyler Boyd is probably one of the one of the biggest weapons that um, is going to be relied on by Joe Burrow, uh, because Joe Burrow loves that slot receiver. He loves that kind of you know short to intermediate route guy who gets open, and that's what Tyler Boyd's game is. So, you know, if you're a fantasy player, I, I think Tyler Boyd is is a guy you can get um, in PPR leagues that's going to return a lot of value for you. So, you know, heads up there. But I think that because he's going to be playing out of the slot, I think you're going to see Chris Harris Jr. at least in this first game playing a lot out of the slot and basically covering Boyd there. So I think you've got Harris on Boyd. I think you've got Hayward, you know, basically taking care of the ghost of AJ Green's past um, to see, you know, if you see whoever it is. And then the third wide receiver is going to get the Michael Davis treatment. So I just, I, that's, that's kind of how I see it shaking out. And I think that's going to be the most important matchup. I think, you know, if, if this game, if the, if the Bengals are, are going to, come up with any kind of uh, of an offense against uh, the Chargers and it doesn't come from Mixon, it's going to probably have to come from Boyd beating out Harris in the slot. And I just don't know if that happens. I mean, you know, Harris, his big knock was he was not as comfortable playing on the outside in that Denver scheme last year. They were asking him to do things he hadn't traditionally done. So I think that this team is going to let him play a lot more in the slot, play him a lot more, uh, you know, the way he used to play uh, and where he excelled. And I think, you know, as Waz said, he's going to be right back to his uh, old form. And I think that's going to be kind of one of the big difference makers, you know, uh, in this game. And I, I expect at least two interceptions this game. That's, that's my, that's my minimum expectation is two interceptions. We, 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 we spoke a lot about mental application and let's not forget, you know, defensive back. It's quite a scary job. You get that wrong and it's, it's touchdown. Uh, and, potentially game over uh, you know it's going to be interesting to see we i've spoke about sweeping the chiefs and obviously that means a win in week two now we spoke about interceptions this is going to be a really facet of our roster in in week one let's make some turnovers Let, let's maybe have a pick six generate some real um confidence going to that game against the high powered chiefs um that's this is a group really that i want to see perform really well the edge the edge rushers the uh the linebackers will do their job but this is the this is the core of the defense that i really want to uh, pay attention to on sunday to see if they can actually step up to the mark and start creating some plays because i think there's going to be a bit of internal uh competition between the different uh, skilled players of who's going to get the most picks, etc. Uh, and that's going to generate some real good positivity inside the Chargers uh, locker room. No, I, I agree. And, I, you know, guys, I think we've, we've, we've said we think we're going to win. We think we edge most positions. There's some positions that, that the Bengals, as they rebuild and they aren't a, a, a basement team anymore, have some talent in. But we edge the majority. The key matchups are in our favour. And we're all thinking we're bringing this home until five seconds before the start. And I'm going to flip and say the Bengals win. Uh, hey, nil, nil. I'm calling it. <laughs> nil, nil. First one, in, first one in history. Um, I'm going to finish with a bit of uh, a thank you to um, our readers. I mean, um, was you um, on ch- at Charged Up Bolt on Twitter uh, asked the question to our fans that um, asking them who the first Chargers player to score a touchdown in 2020 will be. 
Um, we had tons of answers, tons of people's opinions. There was a general theme, um, I think, around Austin Eckler, Hunter Henry, and a few people for Keenan Allen. Um, what do you guys say? First touchdown. I'm going Austin Eckler, but the actual answer that won trumped everybody else was Dan's. What was that, Dan? What did you say? Um, so was asked, uh, the first touchdown scorer for the LA Chargers will be, and my response was, pleased. <laughs> You'd like to think so. <laughs> clever, clever. It Do you have a clever. player, though? Do you have a player, Dan? So who are you going for, Dan? Tyrod. Uh, Tyrod. Tyrod. I, I just think he'll get us down there and... We'll bust out something that we weren't able to do before and we'll have a quarterback running more than 10 yards and not signaling for a first down, but signaling for a touchdown. So I went in a slightly different direction. I uh, I like the idea of us kicking to the Bengals. I like the idea of, of Burrow having to have the onus of taking the first snap. And, you know, Zach Taylor, <laughs> he's not the most conservative coach. And I can see him saying, hey, you know what? Everyone's gonna think we're handing it off to Mixon. Let's let's start with the play action. Let's 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 let Burrow th- sling it, get his confidence going. Unfortunately for Burrow, I see a play action happening. I see Boa Bosa not falling for it, heading for the QB. I see him thinking he sees AJ Green open, throwing it that way, and Casey Hayward grabbing the pick six to open up the scoring with a defensive touchdown. That's exactly how I see the first touchdown of the season going. Nice. And I think that is exactly what the Chargers would need. The, the defense played really well last year, even with all the injuries. I mean, they were holding opponents for, to less than 21 points a game. That's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good number. If you're holding your opponent to less than 3 touchdowns, you have a chance to win every game. That's just that's just how the NFL is. And that was having lost the turnover battle. I think the emphasis all camp has been let's win the turnover battle. And I think that that's going to be the emphasis. And I think they're going to play aggressive. And I think that they're going to open up the scoring with a pick six to not only take a quick early lead, but it's also to establish themselves that, Hey, this year is a different year. This year we're winning that turnover battle. And I think the Chargers don't, don't trail the rest of the game. I, I hope you guys are as <laughs> enthusiastic as this next week for the week two game. I'm not going to be on my own, am if I? They, if they steamroll <laughs> Cincinnati but, um, and, uh, you know, Watson goes crazy and stuns Kansas City tonight, uh, well, when you listen to it, you'll probably already know, so this may sound <laughs> foolish. But uh, if that happens and we're we're on top of the AFC West going into week two, I mean, I might have to switch yeah. my – I might have to switch it. I might have to might have to look at the charge a little closely to take two now. Well, <laughs> let, let you score – let you score Chiefs and 35 nil down, so. <laughs> we all know how that ends. Um, well, you, you uh, John, think that we're kicking it off and Burrow is getting intercepted. Um, at the Jerk Turkle, at, oh no, at the Jerk Turtle on Twitter says he thinks it's the other way around. We receive and Desmond King scores on an opening kickoff, so uh, <laughs> a little bit of balance. Either um, way, I'm going mental if that either of those scenarios come off. <laughs> Be incredible. Um, I've gone Joshua Kelly simply because he opens up our podcast. He's our boy. Um, go get your touchdown, JK, on the goal line for a one-yard like first touchdown of the game With on the opening drive. With a bit of a Naruto run as well. Just standing, running there, arms out behind him, ball in one hand. And I like it. You know what? I don't, I don't think the charge, I mean, with <laughs> the exception be... of Eckler breaking off something big, 
uh, or like a read on a trick play or something. I don't. This doesn't feel to me like a big offensive, like explosive team. I think this is a very methodical, slow drive down the field, dump off, handoff, quick pass. You know, they're going to dink and dunk their way into the end zone. And I think if that's the case, Joshua Kelly is going to have a lot of opportunities as the main goal line back to punch one in. So I really do. I, I think that Joshua Kelly, like if I if I'm going on there and I'm betting some some fun little uh, little, little trick bets there going into the game, I think you know I, I wonder what that what the odds are on Kelly having the first touchdown for the Chargers. Because I bet you that's a nice little bet I'd, I'd put money on. Yeah, fair enough. Um, well, we're, we're massively excited. It's week one. Football starts tonight as we record. And this Sunday, we are live. You know, the Bengals, Chargers, so excited. Um, been a great off-season as we bring it to a close tonight. And now we're going to be in regular preview review um podcasts get your questions in listeners send them through twitter get in touch with us um we want to hear your opinions on the game we want to hear your hot takes is it the end of the world because we lost are we the greatest team because we won come and talk to us and we'll read out your tweets uh, and messages and we'll respond to them on next week and each week's episode guys where can you be found during the game as you react and in the morning afterwards for us english lads on twitter at endzone85 you can find me at Adroid Airs. I'll also probably be live tweeting the games from the main account. Um, so look for me there as well. And you can find me at UKLA Chargers. And I'm at Bez the Spaniard, giving you the hottest takes in the morning after, um, and some fantasy previews as well for the for before the game. And um, don't forget you... the Friday tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? Yes, uh, we'll be releasing the first ever edition of the Charged Up Bolts e-magazine. Get it via the website. It's beautiful. I've seen it. Guys, you'll love it. Um, and then the second episode, I believe, is coming out in October time. So, guys, get reading the first one. Um, give us your feedback. Come and get involved if you want and have a burning passion to write. Um, get in touch with us. Um, we'd love to have you send in some samples. Guys, thank you for having us. It's time for football to do the talking. Good night. Sure.